Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and two in a row, y'all. We got the crew back together once again. I'm talking about none other than Cousin Damo, a.k.a. Dominique Marks, the host and creator of the Raw Sex Podcast. Each and every Friday, make sure y'all are checking him out. Go check out the Raw Sex Podcast. He drops a new episode. He has a lot of things going on right now. Go to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Share it. We always say on his show, support is free. It's 100% free. So make sure y'all do what y'all do to support my man. And of course, always here with us, my boy in the place to be, J.O. Joining us here on another edition of this podcast. We want to thank all the fans out there stateside and worldwide for continuing to rock with us. Those of y'all who have stayed throughout the inconsistent releasing of this year, we thank y'all. And for those of y'all listening who used to be loyal listeners, we want y'all to come on back. We've seen some drop in the numbers, and we want to see y'all come right on back to us. We're going to try to stay consistent, guys. We're going to a season format starting next year, so you'll know when we're releasing new episodes, and we'll make sure to keep it consistent and giving y'all great content. Also going to be doing a lot more lives next year, as well as bonus episodes. Always make sure you're going to vaultclassicpod.com for all the latest content. Follow us on social media, as well as all the episodes and our guest pages. And then, of course, going to our Buy Me A Coffee page and the merchandise store to make sure you support us. Like we say, winter's coming up. Make sure you go and get your merchandise, your hoodies, sweaters, long sleeve tees, tumblers, anything you want to help keep you warm during this winter time. We got it at vaultclassicpod.com at the merch store. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics of MBTC. And today, fellas, yet another one. It's none other than the third studio album of Trap Call Quest, Midnight Marauders, released on November 9th, 1993 by Jive Records. Recorded in 1993 at Battery Studios, Platinum Island Studios, and Sorcerer Sound Studios in New York City with a runtime of 51 minutes and 12 seconds. The producers on this, mostly the group themselves, a tribe called Quest with Q-Tip really taking the head of creative control, Skef Anselm and Large Professor, and of course the engineer, which was the architect of the sound of what you heard on their previous album, The Low End Theory, Mr. Bob Power, the legendary Bob Power. So the singles from Midnight Marauders, the first one, Award Tour, released October 19th, 1993, Electric Relaxation, released February 28th, 1994, and Oh My God, released May 30th, 1994. Now, this would Tribe Call Quest on the heels of their classic album and critically acclaimed The Low End Theory, which uh, helped to change the direction of the group with the emergence of Fife Dog and their heavy use of bass. In that album, hence the title of the album, The Low End Theory, which really, I think, changed a lot of people's opinions on them as a group, especially when Fife became a force within the group. This is right here in the midst of this great stretch that we talked about from the beginning of October until the end of November that we had in 1993. And you have Tribe releasing this album on the same day that another classic also came out which was into the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. And you want to talk about a packed release day. We talked about all the ones that have been out there. July 2nd, 96, September 29th, 98, 
This one is right up there with the great release days. But with Midnight Marauders, my goodness, a time in hip hop, to say the least, guys. And before we sort of get into it, the recording and production of this album, they really wanted to take it the next level. And Q-Tip, as a producer, says he wanted to develop an either further bass-heavy sound than even though they had in the low-end theory. And they said that they were setting up a lot of production equipment in the house basement of Fife's grandmother. And she gave him a key and told him to go in and go do their thing. So a lot of the album was planned in the basement. And um, this was along the same time that Q-Tip was working on a lot of side projects, as well as with Illmatic, Nas's One Love, and rapper Lost Professor also remembered going into Fife's grandmother's basement and then really sort of growing and having a cohesive nature of making that album. In particular, the main thing which changed between the Low End Theory and Midnight Marauders was there was the fact that Bob Power, who was the engineer, what they did, first of all, is in the Low End Theory, they removed most of the excess noise that was on the samples that they pulled for that album. And in this one, Bob Power said, that Q-Tip told him to leave it in. Hence the reason why the sound of Midnight Marauder is a little bit more gritty and gave sort of that contrast which Q-Tip was going for what he wanted to achieve with the production. But now we're going to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So I actually go ahead and I'll start with you, Damo, and we'll talk about Midnight Marauders. Give us your reflections of the album, uh, what you thought about it back in the day, listening to it over these last 25 years, and what's your reflection now? Um, I never heard it back then. And I heard like the singles or whatever, but I ain't never go back and listen to the album. Like I've seen it in my my older cousin's car or whatever when, you know, I used to be in the car, but I never popped it in. It never was an album I wanted to go click in. So this was actually my first week going to listen to it. In full. So in full, yeah. Okay. Like I heard the singles, you know, the singles was on the radio, War Tour and Electric. The other joke, yeah, I, I, both of those singles was heavy on the radio back then. I didn't even know that's who that was back then until I got old. I was like, oh, that's trap. Oh, that's a trap call quest. So this is my first time going to listen to the album in full this week. Okay, yeah. And so, and so, what was your your impression of it listening to it in full for the first time? <laughs> I really wasn't going to come on and do the episode, B. Oh, boy. <laughs> As my man Bubba Dub 94 say, trash. I think we might have to stop the episode now and, and take Damo off. <laughs> Hey. The road ain't credits hey. like shit. <laughs> Politically inclined, what album was it for me? <laughs> so the album wasn't for you. There we go. <laughs> Damn, you could have just told me to leave you off, dog. <laughs> but you know what? I, I figured, hey, it wouldn't be one where everybody agree on the album. We, we've been agreeing on the last couple of, of albums all yeah. together. So I said, you know what? Nah, let me not. I done listened to the album. And like I came here ill prepared to be like, oh, I ain't never listened to the album. Like we had that one guest. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the album we doing? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I listened to Yeah, I listened to the album. That's why it took me so long. I said, do I want to be the one to come on here and say, Trash. (laughs) 
But <laughs> it wouldn't be me and you wouldn't, and you wouldn't respect me and love me the way you do if I just didn't say how I felt. The album just wasn't for me. Yeah. I listened to it. It wasn't like one of those joints where I was like, oh, it was hard to listen to like when we first started. I was like, oh, that is, I, I listened to it all the way through. I, I listened to it twice, matter of fact, this week. And I was just like, this is not for me. They're going to have to teach me because I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this is one of them. This is one of them albums where I need to be taught because, to me, I done got warped over from not hearing it from back then to now of all the music that I listened to. Right. To me, it's now it's like, what? Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe there needs to be educational session because you know, again, but again, if it's not for you, it's not for you. So I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to come on here lie. I want you to come on here and tell the truth. So if you didn't like it after the first couple of times you listened to it, but. I do think that there's something to listening to it after a, a little bit and then letting it grow and mature over time. And that's what I think you didn't have. You did mm-hmm. not have the experience of listening to it. And then I don't think you had the reference material in hand when you were listening to what they came to beforehand. So if yeah. I may, I do think that your first impression may not necessarily be your lasting impression, but Hey, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And you listen to it, and so you didn't like it. And so that's that's fine. To you, it wasn't something that you would necessarily go and listen to. But I do think that the reference that I guess necessarily I had with knowing the group back then, listening to it, and also being fans of them, but also knowing the differences that are there, which make the album the album. And so that's what it is. I mean, so, hey, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear your perspective and it's cool to have something, a different perspective on it. That's fine. You know, um, I don't agree with you, but hey, that's cool. It's cool to be able to hear that. So, Jay, what about me, you, your reflection about listening to Midnight Marauders back then over the years and then now, what is your uh, take on it? Well, damn, I guess I ain't got, I ain't got as much of a high take as Domo is. But, um, <laughs> I don't know how to follow up that train, but... Um, <laughs> Oh, we had launched off this reaction, but um, of course, you know what I'm saying, like he said, like you know, so I knew the singles and everything like that. I mean, I didn't buy the album for myself immediately back then because mm-hmm. the drinks was hidden, but it wasn't hidden like you know, what I'm saying 36 Chambers or Doggy Style by Snoop, you know, what I'm saying like right, it was it was during that time period, and plus, like I said, I had other people that bought the drink, so I wasn't necessarily motivated, but. Like you know what I'm saying, should I spend my hard-earned money with them? That, I, ain't, I ain't gonna say I was a huge, like a big tribe fan, but they had some joints. But mm-hmm. after hearing the joint with them, it was like, okay, yeah, I rock. You know what I'm saying, joints. I rock with getting used to, like the the nature of the group. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to keep in mind, this is tribe. This ain't. It's not gonna sign whoever else. Like not a black moon, not a woo. That's definitely not on the West Coast ship. I guess I could say it was more of an acquired taste. But then, of course, like when I got used to that, I was like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like the way they use the samples, like Busta Rhymes coming on the joint on the Oh My God joint. And I will say, like, I mean, I guess I said now, I definitely missed that Buster Rhymes. Yeah. That's a whole different, that's a whole, that's a whole different topic right there. But, definitely, um, yeah. Um, and then leading into, like, you know what I'm saying, like, 94, it's, it's like, I don't know, it's like the summer of 94 was, like, so nostalgic for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That was, like, part of that soundtrack that summer for me. You know what I'm saying? It was good for what it was and everything like that. Even, like, even, if, even though it was, like, some funny joints, people brought it to my attention, like, after, like, you know what I'm saying, certain songs, but I didn't catch it first, like, on Electric Relaxation, mm-hmm. the whole the whole Siemens furniture thing, I, I Line totally went over my head and shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. And, and it's funny because like, you know, so they played it on the radio. They like, they blurred out the probably say "bust off" in your couch. So I just heard Siemens Furniture, but even that went over my head. Like over your head, right? And that, <laughs> like, at that age, you don't even think about it until you find out exactly what the hell Siemens was, what Siemens you know they were referring to. <laughs> Exactly. Right. Like, I mean, I'm like a Siemens friend. You, you nettled on the whole couch. Like, what the fuck? Like, 
Like yeah, you yeah. Have a whole couch full of nut or some shit. But like, I'm right. telling you, too great for your viewers. I mean, listen, excuse nah, me. It's um, all good, man. But yeah, like fast forward to now, like you know what I'm saying. I feel like I feel, I feel like it's aged well. You know what I'm saying for Tribe's catalog. So like it's still drinks something I listen to. And then I know we always talk about how ninety like the nineties was the golden age or anything like that. So they, it was drinks something I listen to. But it, it still wouldn't be my go to. Like sell like a thirty six chambers or something like that. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like right. But yeah, so so like I said, less of less of high tech Damo here. But you know what I'm saying that's my shit on it. Well, that's varying perspectives, and I'm appreciative of that. The fact that we have this on here because I'm all the way to the left of y'all, and my experience with this is that, as I told on the low end theory, and also the people instinctive travels one that we did a couple of years ago, my sisters were big trap bands, and so okay. that was my baseline of getting to know them. So I had the experience of getting through that. I left my wallet to El Segundo and Benita Applebums and. All that, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. getting that to jazz, we got it, and check the rhyme and scenario. Then to go to this, right? For me, as a fan, and really starting to get to know and really getting into hip hop as a fan was right around this time. I said earlier this week on Twitter that that day, November 9th, 1993, is the day that I truly became infatuated with hip hop because of what came out. And Midnight Marauders was a big part of that. And the singles were what the singles were. You want to talk about two of Tribe's best singles. You put a war tour and electric relaxation in the top five. No discussion whatsoever. I mean, that's that's it. There's no discussion about that, right? Those are two top five Tribe singles of all time. And for them to be as big as they were and as popular as they were from a group that wasn't necessarily popular or mainstream really told the story for me. When you get deeper into the music of Midnight Marauders, it's the fact that they continue with the bass-heavy approach. The vocal samples that they incorporated into this were crazy. I mean, the fact that you heard vocal samples from everyone from Minnie Ripperton to James Brown and also sampling different types of genres of music, including the jazz, is what helped to layer this project even more and more. We talked about Fife emerging on Low End Theory and really you hear him become a force on the mic. It continued even more during this one. Like if Low End Theory was his coming out party, to me, Midnight Marauders is when he had his all-star performance. Like seriously. And Q-Tip being himself, production-wise, doing what he did. Yeah, the group all played a part in producing the album, but we all know Q-Tip was the one who was spearheading everything when it came to the production as far as that was concerned. But then taking the concept of these songs and putting them together, like naming the song Stir It Up, Steve Biko. And for those of y'all who don't know who Steve Biko is, please look him up. But the messaging throughout that, 8 Million Stories, The Chase Part 2, Sucker Nigga, you know what I'm saying? Clap Your Hands, Oh My God. And then the fact that they closed the, tr- the album on the track like God Lives Through where you took a vocal sample of a track from earlier in the album and made it your hook. <laughs> so... But that Busta Rhymes, oh my God, you know, that was the end of that album. But listening to Midnight Marauders and just the textures of it, the bass, the lyrics, the way that the album was constructed for me, just ultimately cemented me as an ultimate tribe fan. And that's to me when when Beats, Rhymes, and Life came out, after three years of them not having put out an album, I was so disappointed at how the cohesion seemed to have left in those three years that they didn't make an album. That's why it's important cohesion in a group because what you had here to me on midnight marauders was the ultimate cohesive album and so many concepts coming together and weaving themselves together into this story and then you had the narrator from the beginning of the album 
tell them exactly what it is that they needed, right? And so what did the narrator say in the beginning? Precise, bass heavy, just right. And that is what pretty much encapsulated what Midnight Marauders was. It was precise to me, bass heavy, and it really was just right. Now, of course, I know that the perception of a lot of this is listening to this in the vein of having gotten into the stage and then also into the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers and Doggy Style right after this. That why if you're akin to that, you may not necessarily like this as much. And you're right. For a lot of people, not everyone is Tribe fans. But for those of us who were Tribe fans and who appreciated that sort of hip hop, it was something that was big. And this album... A lot of people like to talk about Low End Theory versus Midnight Marauders. To me, this is it for me. I love Low End Theory, but I'm the one of the ones that say that I love Midnight Marauders better because this is the album that helped to shape the type of hip-hop fan I would be even now to this day, and that was 30 years ago. And now, even 30 years later, people are looking at that album and taking concepts from that and still applying that in music today. To me, I think that's the hallmarks of everything when you have a great album put together. And, you know, hey, like I said, it may not be for everybody, and I'm glad that I have y'all perspectives on this, but from this perspective, on this end of the spectrum, it was something that I take and I treasure even now, 30 years later, because of what it helped shape for me as far as what hip-hop music was. Highlights and lowlights. So we'll get to highlights and lowlights. I'll start with you this time, Jay. Highlights and lowlights from Midnight Marauders for you. Of course, like the singles, like Award Tour, Electric Relaxation, Oh My God, Suck a Nigga, definitely lyrics to go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like some of the, mm. probably like my biggest highlights. Yeah. Oh yeah, lowlights. Honestly, the biggest lowlight for me was that the, as much as I fucks with Busta Rhymes and everything like that, I wish the remix would have been on this joint. Oh my god, oh, remix! Yeah, oh my god, right? Yeah, okay. like yeah, because that psh, man. I mean, and I know Bust wasn't on it, but that shit definitely it would it definitely would fit in with this joint. I would say production wise, I would think I would say that was better. Mm, okay. I, I mean, I don't know if Bust would have been able to fit on that. Like you know, what I'm saying his style would have fit on there, but yeah, I was just rocking with that one harder. I, I just wish they would put that on the, on this joint. But mm-hmm. can't think. And I mean, like I ain't gonna say it was, like nothing else was like, was like whack. I love it in in that sense, but yes, yeah, I, I, I just had to leave it at that now. Right. Okay. So, Damo, we know that you like the singles. Was there any other highlights you had on Low End Theory? No, I'm about to go off on this bitch. <laughs> I asked for his highlights I first. I asked you to his face. I asked so. for his highlights first. <laughs> nah, my uh, highlight was uh, Suck a Nigga. That was one that, that stuck out to me. And uh, was it? What's the jump called? We Grown or something like that? Was that the one? We Can Get Down? That was it. That was the one. Hmm. I did like I liked that one, too. Okay. So, that, yeah. After that, just other than you know, I listened to it. It just it didn't give me to the rest of the album. Just not for me, right? The low life wise, I'm like, you know, it wasn't. I would say I was like, this is Trump Cold Quest. I don't really get it, right? Yeah, (laughs) I understand. I get it. Yeah. So for me, my highlights. I mean, obviously the singles, award tour. I mean, all time. Before you go, what was it that you the the pre that I would need to know before going into? I hmm. think it's just a pet. It's just a picture of knowing the group, and I think it's it's the progression for me, right? From one album mm-hmm. to the next album to the next, and okay. knowing that the concepts don't necessarily change, they just evolve, right? So it's like when you build an NFL team or build any team. And you see that the skeleton of that team is there in the beginning with people instinctive travels and their paths and rhythms. And you see the potential of it. And they perform well. You know, maybe by be a little bit over 500. Maybe, you know, even having one, more than one record close to getting to the playoffs. Low end theory, that team then becomes a playoff team. And you see that the pieces are starting to come together. What was missing before the last time is now there. And players have now developed and then evolved. 
But then by the time you get to Midnight Marauders, in my opinion, that team is now a championship contender and probably a championship team because now they have not just added the pieces that made them a consistent winner. They developed a formula that made them a perennial contender. And that to me is the thing I think you have to take into context when you're looking at Midnight Marauders. And again, if that type of music isn't for you, it's not for you. And I totally get and understand that. So you may even go through that journey and afterwards you could still be like, oh, nah, I'm still good. You know, like this ain't for me. And that's fine. But um, from a certain fan's perspective, that to me, I think is what the reason why I hold this album in high regard is because I saw the championship squad being built and while it was different and wasn't as flashy as some other squads out there, they may have not scored as many points. They may have not been as exciting to watch. It was efficient. And if you like stuff like that, then you're fine. If you don't, and you want a little bit more razzle dazzle, then cool. Right. Is the music on a surface level going to blow you away for a lot of people, the general listener, probably not, but for those who sort of know the nuances of the game, just like the way if you can beat like these guys on ESPN, you look at the or- Orlovskis and the, you know, the Hasselbacks and the guys who are on television who know like the specifics of the game. And even those who aren't even as nuanced as them, who don't have the knowledge, who have a little bit more, more than a surface level approach of the game. That's who I think the ones who would sit back and they, they appreciate it more so. But if you if you don't, then it could be for you or not for you. And you could like it or you could not like it. So that's the way I think to me is what the path of being able to know it and understand it to know and come to appreciate it. But again, if it's for you, it's for you. It's not. It's not. I mean, hell, there are people out there that look at the Patriots and say, mm, ain't nothing really spectacular about them. They got a great quarterback and they got a bunch of role players. And they, I don't understand how they keep on winning, but they win, you know, but people look at them Dallas Cowboy teams in the nineties and be like, Oh, that was a great team, you know? And because they had flash glamor and glitz and they were media darlings and people loved everything about them, but they both won championships. It's just one was one team. People will probably consider to be superior than the other when in the fact that, you know, they're probably more equal than anything else. So I don't know. That's just a little bit of nuance. That's my take on it at least, you know? So, okay. so yeah. So my highlights, um, obviously award tour. I mean, we put it out there. I mean, that's like top five trop single, probably up there. One or two electric relaxation, the exact same thing that, uh, sample from Ronnie Foster's mystic brew still so famous and tribe made it a sample that so many people sampled afterwards. Right. So many people sample tribe after they sampled mystic brew. And then you turn around and have singles like, Oh my God, which, you know, to me, I thought Fife got busy on that. I thought Q-Tip did as well to add Busta Rhymes in there after they had Scenario on the hook. And then you get to the album tracks to me, which really kind of build out the flesh of this album, right? So you have tracks like Sucker Nigga, where I thought was brilliantly done and taking that vocal sample of making that part of the hook. You have 8 Million Stories, which is a, tr- a Fife solo track, and it was, which is great because more Fife is always great for me, at least. We can get down, sort of add some depth to the album, but really, to me, the standouts on this album for me personally are listening to the last two tracks on this album, which is Lyrics to Go and God Lives Through. Lyrics to Go, production-wise, is to me one of the more clever songs out there. To take that mini Ripperton sample of Inside of My Love and her hitting that whistle register and making that loop all the way 
through the track with those guitar samples from those riffs in the beginning. I mean, come on, dude. Like when they did the transition of that during the tribe documentary of them taking that sample of Minnie Ripperton on Inside My Love and then transitioning the lyrics to go, I almost lost my mind. And I was just like, that's that's genius right there. And then God Lives Through just talks about, hey, parts of something and then reusing it for something more and more like consuming. Like you take that sample of, oh, my God, and then make it the hook of God Lives Through. And then to me, I think that was like two of the best verses that you had on there with Q-Tip and with Fife Dog. Fife Dog had an all-time verse on that joint to me. I mean, he had 32 bars, however many bars he had on that joint. He killed it. And then Q-Tip followed up behind him and killed mm-hmm. it as well. That's the perfect way to end the album to me. Production-wise, bass heavy. I mean, the drums on there sounded hard. Like, you could tell Q-Tip with layering those drums. They definitely hit hard on so many different tracks. And the samples, I mean, goodness. Like, it's, it's Tribe. You're going to get jazz samples, but then also being able to incorporate those vocal samples, like we said, the drums being exquisite. And then, of course... Being able to make sure that album was engineered, leaving that sound in versus taking out what they did on Low End Theory. Q-Tip himself even said he felt like the album had a sheen on it, which Low End Theory did not. So progressing, being able to see that happen and then seeing that through the 14 tracks that were on there were it, it was great to see. An album for me that I will always sit and pump because of being able to hear the songs and the concepts and then also seeing the performance, seeing Fife take a step up. Seeing Q-Tip as a producer take a step up, really heading up that production style and really giving himself a platform where they could stand tall on. Like to me, this was the zenith of their first run before they got into the three year breaking and beats rhymes in life. Notable quotables. So we'll go to notable quotables. Damo, did you have one that you wanted to reference from the album? (laughs) No, he doesn't. Hey, Jay. Jay. (laughs) You look disgusted, Jay. (laughs) I don't even know why, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of the ones that we should have video for. (laughs) Yeah, this would have been a good one to have video for. But I'm going to go with uh, Second. Sucker nigga. Okay. Q-tip. I be hating sucker MCs and these sucker niggas. Poison like they hard when we know they damn card. What's your figure? Rhyme-wise, I do the figure eight so concisely. Musically, we the herb, so sit back and light me. Inhale. My style is kind of fat, reminiscent of a whale. Young girl desire, older female dreams. I be the abstract poetic representing from Queens. So, yeah, I, I kind of like his whole verse on that, John. I was like, all right. <laughs> True. Okay. That that is a good one, actually, though. That is a good one. I gotta give you props on the poll for that one. Good job, my dude. I appreciate that. I do. I appreciate that. I truly do. I truly do appreciate that you digging deep. Because I don't think that's a verse that a lot of people like cite, to be quite honest, from this album. So definitely a good poll. Jay, what about you, man? Notable quotable, what you got? Shoot, actually to be um you know what I'm saying? Um, again, like, fight with um, on lyrics to go, his journal on there. Mm-hmm. And, but then, for all the reasons you said, like, for that, that many ripping sample, then his mm-hmm. verse, like, I know it's been two years, but see, the tribe has never fallen. What is tribe for singing? But the stuff was not my calling. The mic is in effect, so you know I'm never stalling. Walking through the door, and all them suckers started hauling. Talk a lot of trash, but but no one can send to beat it. Pull out your microphone, watch the fight for make you eat it. The MCs, they get jelly when the girls rub my belly. Kick a slow dance like my brother R. Kelly. Granted, in age well, but okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that did not age well at all. That was, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Obviously, this is pre all the bullshit. Pre all the bullshit. Pre all the Robert stuff. We already know what the Robert stuff is we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, basically that whole verse, but since one of the movies, like, dang, is hip hop ever going to get back to that point? Yeah. And I think it is in some ways, but mm-hmm. not, not like on that level. Nah, no way. No way. No way. This one thing that I find with the newer artists nowadays, they're witty and clever, but not in a way that was sort of like that makes you sit back. Like it's something that you have to hear their lines a couple of times to be to get what it is they're trying to talk about with these joints. You heard them and you got immediately what it was they were trying to say in most cases. So, yeah. So for me, my notable quotable actually comes from God lives through and it's fight verse on God lives through. And I'll take from a part of it because this verse is extra, extra long. So I'm not going to say the whole verse. But he says, Lord is in the house. I can't forget the soft side. Walk past them seeds like that girl did the false side. I'm labeled as the catch me out with the MC's know how. Act like you know, not now, but right now. Beast of the East on them seeds to have a feast. I eat the ass like quiche. Crack a smile like Shanice. Straight out Jamaica scene, Jamaica Queens, but he could find me in the Georgia or anywhere in between. Now, if my partners don't look good, Malik won't look good. If Malik won't look good, the Quest won't look good. If the Quest don't look good, then Queens won't look good. But since the sounds are universal, the yoke won't look good. Picture Fife losing the battle. Come on, get off it. Put down the microphone, son. Surrender forfeit. Did I hear something about a crew? What they want to do, you better call Mr. Babyface so he can bring out the cooling you, or it'll be the sad love song being sung by Tony Braxton, and I'll dissect you like a fraction. That's classic Fife right there. Referencing current R&B songs, call Mr. Babyface so he can bring out the cooling you, and then talks about another sad love song sung by Tony Braxton. Me and Damo just reviewed that album earlier this year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's talking about current songs that's fresh in the public's mind, and he's using that as a reference in regards to what he's going to do to another MC should he come test him, right? And that's what I loved about Fife. Fife used to use those references in his songs that used to get you sitting there nodding your head and smiling because that was Fife, man. Fife was, to me, if Q-Tip was the head in the face of Tribe Called Quest, then Fife was the beating heart of the crew. And, you know, may Fife Diggy rest in peace as always, you know what I mean? So that that was a, a great joint. And, of course, another joint by Fife that I loved for personal reasons, if I may say. Um, <laughs> him on Oh My God, referencing my home, Allen, saying, of course, Trini Gladiator, Antihesitator, Shaheed puts the fader from here to Grenada. I love it. <laughs> Anytime you mention my home album, my, my home island, I'm always going to be proud and I'm going to get that joint prop. So shout out to the Trinity man fight for giving Grenadians his props, man. I appreciate that. Lots of other quotables on here. War tour had a lot of them. Electric relaxation had definitely a lot of them. Um, to me, I think even electric relaxation were some of Fife and Q-Tip's best bars on here. You know what I'm saying? And those style, that style and those verses are never going to go out of style. Matter of fact, you could play electric relaxation at any point in time and you can hear people singing along with it word for word. So true classics right there. Final verdict. So I kind of know where you guys stand, but I'm going to put it on a scale, right? So Damo, we know the album wasn't for you. So we know you don't think it's a classic. You don't think it's essential. You probably don't think it's dope. You probably don't even think it's good. So is it safe to say that you think I mean, it's probably just okay? So there's classic. I mean, it can be, it, I, mean I guess not think it's a classic. It could be a classic for its time and essential to hip hop culture. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Indeed. It's just, it's just not for me. Right. So I, I'm, I'm going to say it's, 
me not being a tribe fan, me yeah. not knowing really the like you broke it down from the, you know from this to this to this. I can't be the one to tell y'all. I know y'all might kill me, and this, this might be one of the ones where B say, "Hey, they killed me in the comments." Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, don't fault me. Blame my mama. She ain't let me listen to rap music. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, good hey, the, hey, hey, the rappers now like to blame their mama and their teacher for them being rappers now. Hey, blame my mom for not letting me listen to Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, That's a good one. Hey, That's a good hey, one. Hey. All right. I can say is it's probably a classic. Me knowing the history of, you know, from everybody and me being a big hip hop fan, you could tell that Tribe had a big handprint on hip hop. So I'm going to say, you know, it's a classic for its time. Mm-hmm. But. You know, but I'm gonna give it for me a three out of ten. Okay, there you go. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you at least gave it that context. So, Jay, what about you, man? Is it classic, essential, dope, good, or just okay, or worse than that? <laughs> well, like I said, I ain't gonna, I, ain't, I, I can't hold a candle to Donald's hot take this whole damn episode, but <laughs> right. <laughs> Like I was saying, like to give it, like I mean, I gave it context. I will put it in the realm of a classic, mm-hmm. but like not on. I mean, I guess I say it's maybe it's, strong seven and a half, eight out of ten as far as like being a classic. Okay, like, got like it. I say, I'm not. I mean, it is. I mean, I have to be in the mood for tribe to listen to it. It's not. It's not like you know. What I'm saying I could just pop. Like I'm not even thinking about like say the chronic. You pop that joint in. I'm rocking with it or mm-hmm. thirty six chambers. You just popping in. Like I have to be in the mood when I hear tribe. To, mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So understood. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on the lower end of spectrums of you for classic albums. You wouldn't right, be yeah. the first one that you go to. Correct. Understood. <laughs> I think I sort of feel the same way about Three Feet High and Rising. And I think that, you know, to me, I always thought like, oh, okay, this is great. You know, I personally, for me, I think De La Soul is Dead is actually the better album. De La Soul, for me personally, but I do understand the significance and importance that Three Feet High and Rising has within the culture and within music. But yeah, I, I definitely get that. And, you know, I can respect that opinion as well. I mean, for me, obviously, you guys hearing me, I think it's a classic. I think it is uh, central to the culture. I think that. It's something that served as an influence to a lot of people that came afterwards. It is an album to me that I would say is truly their last great album. I mean, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, lots of great potential. But to me, it seemed a little disjointed, not as cohesive as Midnight Marauders. Love Movement, we knew that it was coming to an end. So while there was good material on the Love Movement, you could tell that stuff was coming to an end. Look at the album cover. Me and Jay even talked about that on Facebook. (laughs) Look at these album covers from People Instinctive's Travels to... Low End Theory to Midnight Marauders to Beats Rhymes in Life and on the Love Movement you got nothing but a white cover. No color whatsoever. No red, green, and black. No none of that stuff. Not the lady on with the none of that. And so you knew it was coming to an end. And then sadly the last album that they put out was an album that got released after Fife had passed away but they had been working on it. None of us knew that they were working on it but thankfully they gave it to us and we got it from here. Thank, Thank you for your service. To me, it's a good album. Matter of fact, I would say it's even better than good. To me, I think it's a great album. I just don't think it's on the level of what we had with Midnight Marauders. So to me, I think this was Tribe's last great album. And this was, to, in my opinion at least, the top of what they could do and what they were capable of. And it was just sad because we didn't get that type of level from Tribe ever again for a lot of different reasons. And so that may be the biggest tragedy out of all of this is that we got brilliance from Tribe within a three-year period, and we didn't get that brilliance again from them. So for those of us who were Tribe fans, we were left wanting even more, figuring out what they could have done had they had a run like Outkast, had they had a run like, I would say, even 
further to say like Wu-Tang had, that they were able to stay together and put out multiple albums, more and more and more of what we all wanted from them and what we were expecting from them. But nonetheless, their legacy, I think, is secure uh, as a hip-hop group. They're essential to the culture, and this album to me was a part of securing that. So, you hear our takes. A Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders, varying takes across the board. But you know what? I'm actually glad we did this episode. And I'm glad that we had the differing perspectives on it. Because when we agree all the time, that's not interesting. You know, this made for an interesting debate today. So, I'm glad that we had differing opinions of Damo and Jay on here to talk about this. Because that, to me, makes great hip-hop discussion. To me, some of the best discussions we have are when... You have a different opinion. I have a different opinion. And we sit and talk about and try to figure out who's right. When in reality, neither one of us are probably right. And we're probably both wrong and right at the same time. So we appreciate that. We want to hear from y'all. What do y'all think about Midnight Marauders? What are your favorite tracks on there? Do you think it's a classic? Is this something that you will put on the level of other classics? We want to hear all of it. Everything we discussed today, what's your take on it? Hit us up on social media, vaultclassicpod.com. Let's continue the conversation. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show, check out our past episodes, join our mailing list, leave a review, or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.